Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Women's Basketball Podcast. Of course, the only podcast devoted strictly to Michigan State women's hoops. As always, brought to you by Impact 89 FM, WDBM. I'm Zachary Swasicki alongside Zach Manning, Julian Mitchell, Rusty Stakura. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Doing good. It's a little cold outside, but I'm feeling good. Ready to talk some hoops. I'm sick as a dog, but I'm hanging in, and I'm ready to do this. Let's go. Yeah, we're all trying to hang in there. It's the middle of winter here in Michigan. It it feels like about zero degrees, and it's the middle of the Big Ten season as well for this women's hoops team. Sixteen and seven overall, six and four in the Big Ten, two and zero this past week, including a win at home. They're now eight and two at home with losses to number one, then number one Notre Dame and Purdue. Um, again, two and zero this week with wins at Minnesota and home versus Indiana. As big as a win as they had since probably Ohio State came to East Lansing and they got the upset win then. Again, last year this team was 25-9, and 13-4 in the Big Ten, second in the Big Ten tournament, and then a second-round NCAA knockout. We're just going to keep moving on. Susie Merchant is still out on the medical leave of absence. Um, no official update as of now, and that's 5-10 on Friday, February 3rd. Um, there are sources, reports, rumors that say she was at practice, but nothing official. The team is 3-3 three and three without her on the sideline. Associate head coach Amaka Amugwa, she's interim head coach, 3-3 three and three so far, um, was 1-3, two-game winning streak. So that's a good sign for this team without Susie. I'm sure she's fine to get back again. Hopefully everything's okay. I think I speak for everyone. Um, hope she's back you know, as soon as possible. But I'm going to open up to you guys. What have you seen from this team without Susie, you know, the last five games now, four games without her progressing? Well, they've been resilient without Susie. They've definitely faced some adversity while she's been gone, losing three games. But, you know, this time they've had after losing the three and then sort of coming back and sort of reevaluating where they were at, they've been able to turn it around, win their three games, and they're even now without her. Yeah, I mean, I think they kind of bounce back, you know, they win the two games this week, so they were one and three before that, and they like you and so they kind of bounced back and they kind of found their stride, and everyone started to step up in her absence. I've been impressed with uh, second leading and third leading scores behind Jen Koska, where she has struggled in the second half. You've seen players like Tyra Reimer, Terry McCutcheon step up, which is so huge for this team down the stretch and heading into the tournament. Yeah, it was an impressive win last night on Thursday against Indiana. Um, full team performance. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Before we do, it's getting closer to March. It's crazy. It's already February. Um, again, middle of the Big Ten season, and we're just gonna we're gonna start introducing the Big Ten Conference as a whole um, each week as as we come here to talk about it in Studio H. Um, going into the Big Ten standings, Maryland University of Maryland is twenty two and one overall, number three in the country, ten and zero in the Big Ten. They're averaging about ninety points a game. Last game against Purdue, they had four players. Um, excuse me, five players in double figures. And two of their starters, Brianna Jones, Chatori Walker, Kimbrough, both had multiple fouls in the first half. Still, they had limited playing time and still came out with a win. Um, those two players are in the conversation for player of the year. Maryland, just too much overpowered Purdue. They're going to play Indiana um, on Sunday. Again, going through their, their, their team stats here, they're averaging about 90 points, limiting their opponent to about 63 so scoring margin about 27, if you, if you can do math real quick there. Rebounding margin of plus 16. They shoot about 50% from the field, 38%, 35% from three, and they force about 14 turnovers a game. And this team is it's just dominant. And they have four players, again, for their starters, averaging about 10 points, 
they're all over 10 points in conference play. Brianna Jones, Tori Walker Kimbrough leading the charge there. Um, Jones was averaging 21, Walker Kimbrough was 17 in Big Ten play. Again, we talked about this before while we were prepping for the show. Brianna Jones, 72% from the field in Big Ten play. It's almost insane numbers there. Averaging a double-double as well with about 11 rebounds. And total so far, 34 blocks, 42 steals. Just a monster in the paint. And I mentioned four of those starters. Um, those are two. The other two, Destiny Slocum and Kayla Charles Slocum averaging about 11 points, and she has 47 threes leading the team in that category, 129 assists as well leading there. Kayla Jones averaging about 10 points. Again, that just a complete team, number three in the country. Um, they hung around with UConn when they played them early in the year. I think they lost by six. So Maryland, definitely the favorite in the Big Ten to win the tournament when that comes in March. So that's my recap of Maryland. Rusty, you have Ohio State. What should fans be looking for from Ohio State? Well, in Maryland, Ohio State is definitely dangerous as well. They're sitting second in the conference at 20-5, and 10-1 overall in the Big Ten. They're averaging 86 points per game. They're led by their uh, leading scorer, Kelsey Mitchell, averaging almost 23 points per game with 22.8 points per game. But besides that, the name of the game for Ohio State has always been depth, depth, depth. Stephanie Mavunga is a beast down low, averaging almost 12 points a game, as well as uh, 11.3 rebounds per game. But besides that... They go around 7, 8 deep, and they have two, three more scorers almost averaging 10 points with Siri Calhoun averaging 9.7, 9.7 points per game, Sheila Cooper with 9.6 points per game, and Eliana Harper just outside 9 points per game averaging 8.6. Their notable losses have been to teams like South Carolina, Baylor, and UConn. Unless, though, UConn, they beat them more than they did in Maryland, so that's that. But also, besides that, Ohio State's playing fairly well, having a five-game winning streak, then losing to Michigan State on the road in a surprising loss. After that, came wet and have a six-game winning streak. They're definitely the dangerous team heading into the tournament behind Maryland. And, Julian, you have the University of Michigan, currently third in the Big Ten. Yes, Michigan's a top team. They're eighteen and five overall, seven and two in the Big Ten. They're number three in the Big Ten in scoring offense and scoring defense. They're a team that gets about eighty points per game and then only gives up fifty eight point eight points per game. So they play well on both sides of the floor. They're a team to look out for. They also shoot the ball well from beyond the arc. They're number one in the Big Ten, shooting forty one percent from deep. Uh, they're led by Caitlin Fa- Flaherty, excuse me, who has twenty points per game, third in the Big Ten. She's shooting forty five percent from the field. 39% from deep, and then they also have Haley Thom, who's given her 15 points per game to go along with 72 rebounds, shooting 64% from the field. And they have one other scorer who's given them 14 points per game in Kirse Gondrizek, who's chipping in with her points, just adding to the whole all-around offense for the Wolverines. So they're a very talented team that plays well on both sides of the floor, and they're dangerous. And Zach, last but not least, Northwestern. Yeah, Northwestern, really good team, fourth in the Big Ten, 17-5 and overall, 6-3 and in the Big Ten, they're on a hot streak right now, won four of their past five games. And this team is really all about defense. First in field goal percentage defense, first in blocks in the Big Ten, second in um, three-point field goal percentage on offense, and second in assist-to-turnover ratio. So they're, they're passing everyone on the court, but they're not turning the ball over a lot. And you look at their main players, Nia Coffey. She is an absolute monster, 18.6 points per game. That's eighth in the Big Ten, 10.9 rebounds per game. That's second in the Big Ten, 3.4 assists. 1.7 blocks, which is fifth in the Big Ten, and then 1.2 steals. She kind of does it all for Northwestern, and you could seriously make a case for her as being the best big in the Big Ten. And there you have it. And the, we're going to plan to do that every week, and this isn't just 
you know, coincidence that we're doing four teams. That's because Michigan State is fifth in the Big Ten. So we talked about the four teams ahead of them in the Big Ten standings. Um, Maryland, Ohio State, U of M, Northwestern, four teams to watch. Um, obviously, that's going to come down to the end of, the, of the, the regular season and see where they're at for Big Ten tournament standings. Four, four top seeds, obviously, um, get the advantage there. In Indianapolis, moving on in the show, uh, some stats and facts throughout the season. Always thank you to, to the Spartan Athletic Department for some of these very random but very relevant stats. Uh, freshman guard Taryn McCutcheon now set a new season high with 15 points. Previous high was 11 points back in November. Um, we're going to talk about her a little bit later. She also now has 114 assists through 22 games, currently ranked fifth in all-time freshman records just behind Kristen Haney from 2001. Um, she's going to break that record. That was 117. But we're going to talk about McCutcheon in a little bit. Three of us were were at the game yesterday, and she just she's able to distribute the ball. And she didn't do that much yesterday. She was able to score. What have you seen her develop in her skills throughout the season and to become really a mainstay in the starting lineup? Well, she's definitely been more aggressive these last couple of games. Coach talked about it, how she's a downhill type of player and she needs to get to the lane. And she's definitely been more aggressive. She's gone around picking rolls and she's gone right to the basket. And that's what she needs to do. She's got to go in there, get some easy layups, get to the free throw line and sort of get herself warmed up and in the flow of the offense. And she's just been doing that. To me, it was more about limiting frustration. At the beginning of the season, people keep forgetting she's only a freshman, not even a redshirt freshman, a true freshman playing point guard for Michigan State. It's a tough job to do, but what I saw yesterday playing against a great point guard in Tyra Buss, she was struggling going under pick and rolls in the first and second quarter, but instead of letting that frustration get to her like it did earlier in the season, she bounced back, played great, actually phenomenal defense in the second half, getting two assists while also contributing on offense. That especially is important for Michigan State if Jankoska, who struggled yesterday 5 of 18 from the field, they can get an output of 15 points from her. That's huge going to March Madness. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that I've seen from McCutcheon is just her ability to now see the floor. And even if she's not passing the ball, she's able to find an open shot and um, knock it down. She was 7 of 7 from the free throw line, 2 of 5 from 3, which is better for her now but she's just seeing the floor much better and finding open teammates but not only just finding open teammates but actually scoring as well and Tori Jankowska um, has really you know been able to feed off of that and if Tori Jankowska draws a double team then that leaves you know more opportunities for McCutcheon but speaking of Jankowska we talk about her a lot but rightfully so um, we've joked we could name the show after her because of how, how much she does for this team and it, it's very true I mean she's captain she's a senior uh, guard she's emotional physical really a coach on the court. She earned her seventh double-double. Um, she's looking to become the first MSU women's basketball player to reach 2,000 points, uh, obviously after breaking Ariel Powers' career scoring record um, against Ohio State with 1,898 career points. I think she can get that done, probably. Probably. She should be able to. Um, Tori Jankowska, fans are probably sick of hearing what, what we keep saying about her, but it's the same thing every week. How important to this team is she? She's extremely important to this team. She is just really the engine of this team. She drives everything. We talk about her scoring a lot, but she does everything else on the floor, and she finds other ways to impact the game with her rebounding and assists. I mean, you talk about McCutcheon having the assists, but Jen Koska's right there with her, keeping the offense going, working hard on defense. She's just a focal point for this team. I cannot agree more with Julian. 
what I saw from Jankowska yesterday, she had a bad scoring output, but that didn't let her frustrate. Instead, she came out, had 14 boards like Zach talked about, but also had seven assists, three away from a triple-double, which was so huge for the team. I think Jankowska, it's a full cycle from freshman to senior year. She's found different ways to impact the game, which is definitely huge when your superstar, who is averaging 20 points, 11 points more than the next leading scorer, is so important that she can impact the game, get her teammates involved, which is going to get them shots, which is huge going down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, she's everything for Michigan State. Um, I mean, you look at, Rusty talks about the 14 boards, and I kind of want to compare it to Russell Westbrook because if you take her off this team, there is, I mean, Michigan State's nowhere even close in the Big Ten. They probably have a losing record because Jan Koska does everything for this team. So, I mean, what more can you say about her? Yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys said. Um, again, she's looking to reach 2,000 points, first ever at Michigan State. Um, she's on track to do that, and I, I think she will. Uh, moving on, Spartans, we've talked about this, I, th- I think, every episode, about how they've had the different starting lineup. They lost three of their starters last year. They brought in some new faces, Tyre Reimer, one of those being, and her and Jankowska, along with McCutcheon, another new face, have started all 23 games now this season. Brandy Agee has started 18, and they've had the same starting lineup for the last nine. They've had six different, though, until this point with their last nine games. So we've said it before, they're in the Big Ten, they're middle of the Big Ten season. It seems like they've got that starting lineup now. I'll start with you, Zach. Is this the lineup that you think is the, the um, not the most efficient, but the best case for this team? Yeah, I mean, this lineup, as we've seen, Michigan State now with the two-game win streak, you've seen them kind of settle in, and the players kind of know their roles now. So, you, I mean, you know Jan Koska is the number one scorer, Reimer is going to be, you know, one of the main rebounders. Then you look at Brandy Agee, who's going to, you know, give you stuff that might not show up in the stat sheet, but she can she can give you a decent three point um, threat, and she can give you rebounds. She can kind of do everything. So, um, I think this is what you're going to see the rest of the year. Yeah, this is a great lineup they have right now. They've really balanced the floor well, having shooters from the outside, but then also premier scorers down low, and that's something you really want to have. You don't want to, you know, sort of go out there and throw all your perimeter players. You want to have some guys down low, and they've definitely formed this lineup around that. Yeah, this starting lineup complements each other. Each player knows their role, which is huge, especially this late in the season. You want to be guessing, confusing what your role is. I think Brainy Agee is definitely the X factor of this team because, like Zach just mentioned, she does so many things besides scoring. She's a skyrocketing rebounds, like I saw yesterday, and she can impact the game with her ability to be aggressive and provide that motor that some of her teammates sometimes may lack if things don't go their way. And again... Number 70 is very uh, relevant for this team. Uh, every time they've scored 70 points, they've won 12-0, and reaching that mark. 10-0 and now with three or more sport, Spartans, excuse me, scoring 10 or more points. 4-0 and with four or more scoring. First, we'll talk about the Minnesota win, 93-74 to in Minnesota. And we'll just go right into, into uh, recapping this game. Almost a 20-point win. Jankowska playing 36 minutes, 20 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, almost a triple-double. McCutcheon with 15 points. Um, again, Jankowska with 4 personal fouls. So she's she's been able to do that throughout this year. We saw that against Indiana, too, playing with 4 fouls. And the coaching staff and the team trust her. Rusty, I'll start with you. Takeaways from the Minnesota game. Well, I definitely, like we talked about, Jankowska plays very aggressive defense, 4 fouls. But it's the players around her that can contribute. I saw McCutcheon, like she did against Indiana, 15 points is a huge scoring output, but for me it was 
players like Mia Holly and Gaines, Victoria Gaines, who stepped up. You don't see Gaines scoring a lot, but when she can have six points for you, even though it's six, it changes the game, allows for a different tempo. Even though Minnesota isn't the best of the best teams, allowing uh, Michigan State basketball to be spread out, having different players contributing in different stats is definitely huge for them, again, going down the stretch. Yeah, this was a great all-around game for the team. You talked about it a little bit with McCutcheon. But one thing I want to highlight about her is that she went to the free throw line. Oh, she had eight shots at the free throw line, made seven of them. That's huge for her. That's how she gets her stroke going at the free throw line. And those are free points. I mean, you go to the free throw line, you get points like that. Those are easy ones that no one can take away. No defense there. So it's a big thing for the Spartan team. And also, I want to highlight Reimer and Ag. Both of them near a double-double. Reimer with 11 and 8. Gaines with, I mean, excuse me, Ag with 11 and 6. Those are two huge things for the Spartan team. If you can have your two top players in the starting lineup almost come away with a double-double, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, I was most impressed with Reimer, the 11 points here, about eight rebounds. She's kind of struggled so far this year, not having the season she would like. But huge game from her, 11 points, 11 rebounds, or eight rebounds, like I said. And then Tara McCutcheon going to the free throw line eight times. I mean, seven of eight from the free throw line. Um, and then three of four from the field, two of two from three-point line. If she can be consistent like that, I mean, the Spartans are going to be a tough team to beat. But one thing I do think the Spartans need to work on is in the turnovers, and this has been a problem all season long. 16 turnovers versus Minnesota. If, if they don't take care of the ball, it, I mean, it, they're going to struggle. Yeah, and talking about this game, 48% from the field, you know, we talked about being able to score, score efficiently, getting contributions from everyone. 40% from the field, four scores in, in um, double figures. And then you look at the bench, Nia Holly, as Rusty mentioned, um, nine points. Madrika Cook, seven points. Lexi Gessert, seven. Um, we've talked about Lexi before and how streaky she is, but she can, if she can come off the bench, not not quite a Matt McQuaid role, but be able to contribute um, offensively. And then you have the bigs, Jenna Allen um, and Johnson and Vesela as well, come off and play You know, five-plus minutes and you know, give Reimer a break. That's big for this team. Again, they've had they had the the lead throughout most of that game, so it's their ability to play the close games and have depth contributions throughout. I don't know if we've seen that yet. Julian, we'll start with you. Is there anything that you've seen that could say yes, they could play games like this as far as contributions from everyone in a close game? Well, in a close game, it's tough. We don't have much evidence, like you talked about, of them you know playing up to this. But I think in these last two games. They've they've done it now in two games, and that's some that's a good sign. You, a little bit of consistency there, so that's a good sign. But I mean, as far as looking at it right now, there's no great evidence to show they can keep this going. And, and Zach, we'll we'll move on. Next question for you: um, free throw percentage, seventy percent, not great, but sixteen assists on thirty two made baskets, thirty bench points, forty four paint points, um, leading in almost every category against Minnesota. Again, this is a, a game they had to lead throughout most. What could they do against the better teams to to maybe do that and possibly you know win by fifteen twenty points? Yeah, I mean, well, you look at the turnovers, like I mentioned before, they need to take better care of the ball because sixteen turnovers that's sixteen lost possessions. So I mean, you you factor in if they get those sixteen possessions back, if you score on just half of those, that could be you know sixteen or twenty four points. So I think taking better care of the ball um, will allow them to get, obviously get more points, but also just it'll allow more people to get more experience as it goes along because if you're up in games you can play more younger players and you can you can use your depth if, if you're up in games rusty and then looking at the bench um which of those performers nia holly madrika cook both freshmen victoria Gaines, redshirt freshman she's starting lineup but from the bench who are you looking at specifically 
to maybe make more consistent contributions and help this team win. Well, I definitely like Majika Cook. I think her aggression sometimes can throw up circus shots, but other times her aggression allows for fouls to be committed. She's not doing super bad from the free throw line, but I feel like she's that small forward uh, guard type player that can get in the floor, get inside, and get those points that are much needed. You think about it, she's only a freshman, but her the way she can contribute to a game is definitely going to be important to give breaks to players like uh, McCutcheon or Jankoska if they're not on the floor. And if she can be consistent, not take wild shots, which can change the momentum of the game, I think she'll definitely be a huge contributor going down the stretch. And the freshman class, as I mentioned, three of them, McCutcheon as well, Nia Holly, Madrika Cook, Victoria Gaines. Victoria Gaines, retro freshman. But they all combined for 37 points in that Minnesota win. Um, huge contribution. Uh I didn't know what this freshman class would be able to bring to this team. Obviously, McCutcheon kind of being forced into that role um, with the dismissal of Morgan Green. But she's thrived in that. Um, Julian, start with you. What has impressed you most from this freshman class? Well, just how resilient they are. They are. They've had bad games, and they're thrown into the fire. I mean, you lose your head coach your freshman year. Team's struggling a little bit. You lose three. And they just come back. They bounce back, and they win games. They play well. This team's just resilient, and they're learning from their mistakes as well. I mean, you lose those three games. Some games you don't play well, but they're taking those mistakes, and they're learning from them, and that's that what makes that's what makes them so good. Yeah, I mean, you look. I mean, you look at what they've been able, to, what they've been able to do, just coming in as freshmen and being able to play significant minutes. I mean, even Cook. I mean, she played nine minutes, but th- those are major minutes if if you want to look at it from a realistic standpoint. I mean, Marjorie Cook, two of five from the field, seven points against Minnesota. And that's huge. They, I mean, they need that going forward off the bench. And then you look at Tara McCutcheon, what she's been able to bring. Dismissal Morgan Green, no one thought that she was going to come in and provide this kind of spark at the point guard position. They, I mean, she might have been able to bring something, but no one thought she was going to be able to bring this kind of spark. And with every freshman class, there's going to be growing pains. With this one, what I loved about them is the focus that they had. In a lot of tough key situations, as freshmen do, they may just go through the motions, not be focused, and instead just give up. Instead, this freshman class of every single game gave more focus, fought through the pain, fought through the building blocks that they had to go through, and instead they were focused. And to me, McCutcheon has been phenomenal this season. Like you mentioned, the dismissal of Morgan Green, no one thought she would be doing what she has done. And for me, the consistency she has provided over the last few games is key for this team. Yeah, and moving on to the Indiana win, 69-60, it was was much more of the starters, the stars that they need to step up. Bench didn't contribute very much. Quick math, 2-5-3, that's 10 points right there. Um, And then you have the starters, 15, 15, 11, 15, and then three victory games. Um, But she only played 13 minutes, so we'll, we'll give her a break. We'll give her a break. We won't hassle her too hard, but for the starters, double figures. Uh, I'm just going to go through again. Thanks to the Spartan Athletic Department, in, in there now 16 wins. They've averaged about 77 points, 45 rebounds, plus 11 rebound margin. And Jankowski and Reimer have both averaged over 10 points. Jankowski 23, Reimer about 10. So, you know, I think that speaks volumes for this team. Rebounding is huge. I think Julian's going to talk about that a little bit later, so I won't I won't step on that too much. But they were plus 15 against Indiana. Um, 18 assists on 23 made baskets, 16 to 20 from the free throw line. They did have 14 turnovers, um, which which again is is a problem for this team. But they you know they were able to overcome that. Forced Indiana shoot, to shoot 34 percent from the field, and Bus didn't have a great game, six of 17. Again, two other guards, Gashon. I'm not sure if that's French. I didn't see a pronunciation for that. Gasson maybe, <laughs> two of 10, and then Cahill five of 13. 
you know, they had those three scores, but Michigan State really limited them offensively. Uh, Julian, I know I was sitting to you, next to you courtside. What impressed you most about this win? Well, I mean, we're going to talk about it a lot, and we've talked about it already, but the players, the four players in double digits was a huge part. But I think the defense, to me, was the biggest part. They came out against a team that has a lot of offensive weapons, and they played well, especially in that first half, just holding them to 32% from the field and 35% in the second half. The game, 33% for Indiana. So it was just great defense from all players all around to come out and win this game. Yeah, I mean, rebounding was the biggest thing to me. You, I mean, you mentioned they had a 15 uh, fifteen. Uh, plus 15 turnover or rebound margin. Um, I mean, that's huge. Not allowing Indiana to get second chance opportunities. You mentioned the scores they have in Tyra Buss and Amanda Cahill. Um, not allowing them to get second chance opportunities was huge, and that led them to victory. I think definitely a huge thing for me was going in the third quarter. It was a very close game, but then the adjustments made. Uh, Coach, as I'm going to call her because I can't pronounce her first and last name, really harped in on having Tyra Reimer focus more, be the focal point of the offense. She definitely had a lot of two great elbow jump shots that went in, was phenomenal in rebounds, and definitely created the bigger lead that Michigan State rode the whole game. And then down the stretch when it was closer, she came in, Jankoska had a great three, and then just closing out. I definitely think the adjustments made in the third quarter were a pivotal moment for them to bounce back and extend their lead. Yeah, going into going into the second half, you know, Michigan State was looking to take control of the game, and they came out, Ty Reimer, Coach Mox, said that was their game plan. They had to get down low. They had to force the ball into the paint and take control. Reimer came out. And she she had six points in you know a blink of an eye and in a couple minutes and we talked about that you know post game you know it's impressive when she can score this team is very dangerous because she can hit a mid range as well as play down low and post up she missed a couple you know a couple bank shots and and you know that's gonna come she took seven eleven seven shots or eleven shots she made seven of them um, only went to the line um, one time which is kind of surprising looking at the stats now but she played twenty nine minutes fifteen points five rebounds. Might be the player of the game for me. Julian, who is the player of the game for you? Oh, I'm definitely going to go with you with Reimer. She played fantastic. I mean, she the game plan was to get her the ball. She got the ball, and she was able to make those shots. But one thing I want to harp on with Reimer is just her emotion. You know, her, her emotion was huge, especially in that third quarter. When she comes out, she scores. I remember one play, Cahill was defending her and gave her the baseline. She went baseline, you know, went with her uh, left hand, I think, and she gets it up, and then she's walking back down the court. She stares it down with the meanest mean mug I've ever seen. But that kind of emotion really helps your team and gives them a little bit of lift because it says, I got this. You guys do you. We're going to win this game. Her emotion, her emotion and her play was huge in that second half. Zach, we'll go with you. Who was the player of the game for you? Yeah, I agree with you guys that Tay Reimer had a great game, but I'm going to have to go with Tori Jankoska, just what she was able to do in this game. I mean, playing with four fouls, um, she had fit, still had 15 points, 13 rebounds, and four of those rebounds came on the offensive end. She also chipped in seven assists. So, I mean, she was kind of everywhere, but the four offensive rebounds is what stood out to me the most, and that's what um, makes me think that she was the player of the game. Yeah, and again, she played with those four fouls for about five, six minutes and to close out that game. She hit a three with about 40 seconds left, really, the dagger to, to ice that. She just, she's got that mama mentality, if you will, Um Rusty, player of the game for you. To me, I actually have to go the opposite way. I actually have to give it to the freshman, McCutcheon. I think 
the biggest thing for me was consistency and going from Minnesota, Indiana. I'm going to harp on it a little later. I think she had a very tough matchup with Tyra Buss, who's a phenomenal scorer. What I saw in the beginning was she was going under screens, getting lost of Buss, getting open threes. Thankfully, they were missing for Michigan State's sake. But what I saw was these second-half adjustments. Like Tyra Reimer, who was focused more on the scoring, they, I think McCutcheon was really harped on playing better defense, had two steals in the second half, had a 7-7 from the free-throw line, like Julian talked about, is so important. And I think she did. She was that anchor when John Koska was on the bench, along with Reimer, played a phenomenal game in consistency. If she can keep that up, that's going to be huge for them. Yeah, Brandy Agee as well. Not sure if any of us mentioned her. Another double-double for her last nine games with the starting lineup. Um, she's just been, you know, one one of the uh, game changers. Again, I talked, I've been talking about it all all season. She was probably the the number three in the offense last year, behind Ariel Powers, behind Tori Jankowska. Finally, looking like she's stepping up. Another double double, eleven and ten, as well as three assists in twenty three minutes. That's so very good efficiency, very good pro- productivity. But again, I think the main point of this win was playing in the paint, taking control of that plus fifteen in rebounds. Um, I think they were tied going into halftime, took control in the second half, um, points in the paint, tied at 24. Um, but you live with that once you're d- behind in the half. Um, in the first half, came back in the second. I think Tyra Reimer, for that for that point, deserves a player of the game for me. Any last points for this Michigan State-Indiana game? Well, we, we talked about turnovers for Michigan State in this one. They gave up 14 as well as the Hoosiers gave up 14 as well. But the points off turnovers to me was a huge thing. I mean, Michigan State gives off 14. Usually they give up more points than they did, but Indiana only getting 16 points. MSU responded a little bit, getting 11 points of their own off turnovers. So, I mean, they're going to give the ball up, and if that's going to happen, but for them to stay close in that points off turnover battle, that's a huge thing. Are, are we good for Indiana? Yeah, I think we're good for Indiana. I, I know you're going to say that because your segment's up next. Manning Player of the Week. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Jankowska. Get a little drum roll and go. It is not Jankowska this week. It would have been easy. I think it would have been a cop-out to give it to Jankowska this week. She she had two double-doubles. She, I mean, she had over 12 boards in each game. I mean, but if you if you want to look at it from a standpoint of someone who stepped up and just kind of finally had a good week, it was Taya Reimer. Against Minnesota, she had 11 points, 8 rebounds, was 5 of 8 from the field. Then you look at the Indiana game, 15 points, 5 rebounds, 3 of them on the offensive end, and 7-11 from the field. She has not had this kind of performance all season long, and the Spartans are going to need her going forward as she's their best. Bi- she's their best big down low, and if she can get going, Michigan State can be a dangerous team. And if they need Brandy Agee to, get, to keep being consistent as well, but if her and Reimer can get going, they're going to be great. Again, if Reimer's powerful down low, that opens up for everything else. Troy Jankowska also talked about that. How if she's playing well and McCutcheon's playing well, then everyone's playing well. So it's just a circle. First week of this segment. Rusty, Excited. give us the uh, just the quick premise of it and then just jump right into it. So I'm going to call this the current step-up performance in the week. What I really want to harp on with this segment is consistency, stepping up without a limelight. And to me, that was Taryn McCutcheon. Past two games this week against Minnesota, 15 points, 3 of 4, 2 of 2 from the three-point line, and 7 of 8 from the stripe. Against Indiana yesterday night, 15 points, 4 assists, 7 of 7 from the stripe, and 2 steals in the second half. I think Terry McCutcheon, like we talked about this freshman class, consistency is huge. And Terry McCutcheon definitely stepped up as a freshman point guard. A lot of blame could go on her when things didn't go right. Instead, she stepped up, played phenomenal defense in the second half after playing iffy defense, definitely had a great scoring output, ties her career high. And, and what I think 
is so great about her is her efficiency these last two games. Going 15 of, excuse me, 14 of 15 from the free throw line is huge. Their free throws, they're free for a reason. And I think if she definitely can uh, keep up this, Jankowska doesn't have to score 30, 35 points a game like she has to sometimes. And instead, her rhymer can definitely contribute. And that's going to be huge for Michigan State in the Big Ten tournament and March Madness if they make it. Yeah, I think this was a, a big week for McCutcheon. Um, the team knew these were these were big games, oh, as close to must wins as you can have. Minnesota, they really a must win. Indiana, we were kind of skeptical if they could, you know, pull it off, um, but they they controlled the second half, got it done. Big step up for McCutcheon, and now it's time. Court is in session. Judge Julian, the floor is yours. All right. Well, the charge for today, this episode is rebounding. We're going to figure out if MSU is guilty or not. I'm going to go through my evidence. We're going to take a look here. Number one, MSU, they're averaging 41.4 rebounds per game, holding opponents to just 33.4. That's a huge margin. That margin leads them to be number two in rebounding margin in the Big Ten with 7.8. Next piece of evidence, the loss to Purdue, 30 rebounds for Michigan State, 29 for Purdue. As you can tell from the numbers, not a huge rebounding margin. And yes, they lead in rebounding there, but you know that margin being so close, it kind of negates that game there, and they lose that one. Starting the win streak now, a win at Wisconsin. 40 boards for MSU, 32 for Wisconsin. They win that game. Rebounding was huge against Wisconsin. Minnesota, 48 for MSU, 35 for Minnesota. Huge margin, big win. Indiana, a team that had some big girls on their team who were able to dominate down low. Michigan State comes away winning in the rebounding, 46 to 31. Rebounding is huge for this team. If Reimer and AG and Gaines and all the other players are able to step up, grab boards, most of the time Michigan State wins games. And I mean, they say it a lot now. You win on the rebounding, you're going to win those games. It's huge for Michigan State. We'll see if they can keep it up as we head into March. So they're guilty of rebounding well. Is that what you're saying, Judge Julian? That's the charge. They're guilty. Uh, I don't have a gavel, but you you can just think of the noise in your head and there you go. Good enough. But yeah, Reimer, um, 6'4", tallest player on the team. Women's basketball, not necessarily as essential to have, you know, a seven-footer like the men's game. But again, uh, you know, defense wins championships in football. Rebounding might win this team a a spot in the NCAA tournament. Um, They're looking at, you know, probably an at-large bid. And they talked about that, you know, against Indiana. It's a big win. Good RPI for Indiana. Coming to East Lansing, they wanted to to get a, back on the win streak in the Breslin Center. They got it done. Guilty of rebounding. McCutcheon had a good week. Reimer had a good week. This team's back on track. Three and three without Susie Merchant. Um, reports possibly she's at practice, so they might have Susie back. And this team is playing very well. And they'll be they'll have a week off now. Next Thursday they'll play at Iowa, 7 p.m. on BTN. Iowa Hawkeyes, 14-8 and eight overall, 5-4 and four in the Big Ten. They are 11-3 at home. They've won eight of the past nine at home. 3-1 um, and one in their last four overall games. They do play Michigan on Sunday at 1 p.m., so they don't have the week off like Michigan State does. Um, they last played Michigan State um, last season. They were 0-2, then all-time series, 36-25 in favor of Iowa. Leading score for this year, Megan Gustafson, 17.6 points, 9.7 rebounds as well as 1.3 blocks, and she's shooting a magnificent 66% from the field. Other notable, other notable players, Ellie Distroff, 16 points, 5 rebounds, 52% from the field, as well as Tania Davis, 
about 11 points, four assists, four rebounds. Guys, before we make our picks, what stands out to you for this Iowa Hawkeye team? What stands out to me is just their play inside. I mean, you look at Megan Gustafson, 17.6 points, 9.7 rebounds. I mean, she is going to rebound. It's gonna They're going to need a team effort to keep her off the glass. I mean, they're a really good rebounding team, but Mich- I'm look, really looking in this game to see if Michigan State can bang on the boards with Iowa. I'm going to harp on that, go along with you as well on the rebounding. Rebounding's huge. You know, I just talked about it in my segment. Rebounding is going to be a big part of this game, but also turnovers. I mean, Iowa's not necessarily known for, you know, being the best team as far as getting turnovers, but this Michigan State team is prone to it. They're going to give easy buckets to Iowa. They can get out on the fast break, and they can score. So turnover is going to be a huge part of this game. It's going to be huge to see how they play on the road with Iowa being 3-1 in their last four and winning eight of their last nine games at home. It's definitely to see how uh, guard plays played as well as you guys banging on the boards. You see averaging Megan Gustafsson, I can't even pronounce her name, averaging almost 10 rebounds per game, a 66% shooting. That's definitely a huge efficiency for them. I want to see how Michigan State's uh, – Inside players are going to step up if they can bang on the boards, if the turnover possession is going to be bad for them, and overall, if they can handle going on their own and getting a huge win, 7 p.m. and the Big Ten Network in the limelight. Is it going to be too hard for them, or are they going to come up to this challenge and actually win? Yeah, I mean, this is a game, Iowa 14-8. and eight. It's going to be in Iowa at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. This is, you know, another game that, that the Spartans probably need to win. And uh, we'll see with this lineup that they they're, look like they're going to be sticking with for the 10th straight game. Rebounding turnovers are going to be huge. So we'll see. We're going to get into our picks. Uh, Rusty, first time on here. The way it works, make mm-hmm. your pick, and you get, you'll get you get first pick for your uh, player of the game for whoever, you know, whichever team wins, you pick the player that, that would be MVP of the game. So we'll start with you, MSU versus Iowa. Who do you have an MVP? I definitely, I am going to actually go with Michigan State. I think Michigan State riding a three-game win streak like Iowa. I think it's going to be in Michigan State's favor. When you have McCutcheon, a freshman, putting in great minutes, having consistency, it's definitely going to be important for them. To me, the player of the game is going to be a title that this show should be called, the story of Jen Koska. I definitely think she's going to step up. And the way she changed the game yesterday, besides scoring, but also almost having a triple-double, be able to dish it out to her teammates for open looks, be able to get 14 rebounds, which you usually don't see for a guard. If she can keep that aggression, keep under five fouls, which I think she can, I definitely think Tori Jankoska can lead this, lead this team to a huge win and hopefully a tournament bid. All right, my pick for this one, I believe I picked Michigan State against Indiana. I have some faith in this team. I think they're going to do it once again at Iowa. They're my pick. I think they're rolling with a three-game win streak. They're feeling themselves. They're going to come in Iowa. They're going to get a good win over a good team that's 5-4 and four in the Big Ten. They need this one as well. My player of the game is going to have to be Reimer. She played fantastic in the last game. I'm hoping she's going to take that momentum and come to Iowa, play well as, as well. She's got to play well on the boards. Out-rebound Gustav, Gustafsson. I think I got it right. Maybe. Uh, and she also has to play good defense on her. She's their leading scorer, so she's going to be called to rebound and play great defense. She's also got to chip in with her scoring as well. It's going to be a big night for her. She is a focal point for this team if they're going to get this win. Yeah, before I get into my pick, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really intrigued by this Gustafson-Reimer matchup. Just two of the best bigs in the Big Ten. I think that's going to be one of the great matchups that we see this year. But my pick, I'm going to go with MSU. I think there's a, they just have too much depth. They just have too much scoring for Iowa. And I'm going to take Brandy Agee as my player. She's kind of stepped up over the past few weeks. Um, she's going to have a huge game. Not leaving much for me there. <laughs> I, I guess by default I would take McCutcheon because I am picking Michigan State to win this game. If I had gone first, I would have taken Reimer just because 
Uh, Iowa, not necessarily, you know, uh, great on the boards. They do have Gustafson or Gustafson, if that's, if that's the correct pronunciation. They're only plus three in the rebounding margin, uh, average about 40 and give off about 37. And Michigan State, like I said, in their wins, about plus 11 in the rebounding margin, plus 15 against Indiana. Um, I think that's probably going to be the, the, the difference in this game. And I'm going to give Michigan State the advantage with the week off. Iowa's going to be playing at Michigan. Uh, it's a tough game. Michigan's a very good team. They might be looking to bounce back from a possible loss there. They'll be in Iowa, but I think Michigan State pulls it out. I'll go with McCutcheon. She's been playing very well um, back-to-back career nights um, scoring-wise. So I think the freshman steps up again. Another must-win. I would say I don't know if I'm using that too loosely, but I think this is probably another must-win against a 14-8 and team in Iowa. We all picked MSU. Rusty with Jankowska. Um, Julian with Reimer, Zach with AG, and me with McCutcheon. Any last notes? Um, preview in Iowa before we wrap it up. I no, mean, I, I just think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a pretty good game. I think. Um, I think. I don't know. Maybe we've all taken Iowa a little bit too too lightly, but I think it's gonna be a good game at Carver Hawkeye. I think Michigan State's gonna have a struggle, but in the end, they they just pull it out with too much depth. And just like Zach was saying, this is a must-win game. We cannot stress enough how important it is for Michigan State's tournament bid. I definitely think it's going to be important to see how Jen Koska bounces back after not an awful but a poor shooting night, see how she can contribute the game in different ways, and also the guard play, how McCutcheon can step up on the road. Big Ten last game is definitely going to be important for them. Yeah, just to add in a little bit more, you talked about it a little bit, but the Hawkeyes, they're going to go and play Michigan. And we talked about Michigan earlier. Michigan's a great team, so they're going to be rolling. If they lose that game, they're going to be rolling with a little bit of revenge, want to get a win on their home floor and bounce back. But if they win that game, that's a lot of momentum coming into this game against Michigan State. So just if you're watching, take a look out for that Hawkeyes-Wolverines matchup, see what happens there, and that's going to tell you a lot about what might happen. I've been saying bounce back a lot. Maybe that's a reference to the new Big Sean album. You know, I listen to it. I maybe, like it. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, that's going to wrap up this episode, episode four. Go to impact89fm.org slash sports for all of your MSU women's basketball content and find all of our previous episodes of the Women's Basketball Podcast. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy the week off of women's basketball. Again, Michigan State plays Iowa on February 9th. That's next Thursday at 7 p.m. in Iowa. Michigan State women's basketball now 16-7 and on the season, 6-4 and in the Big Ten. Three-game winning streak. And this is the Women's Basketball Podcast, as always, brought to you by Impact 89FM, WDBM. I'm Zachary Swisicki, alongside Zach Manning, Julian Mitchell, Rusty Sakura. Thank you for listening.